You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. Amazing selection, alive below prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And we return here. It is Monday on Locked On Ravens. Another week here in early June on Monday, June 7th. And we're just going to talk some football, some Ravens football. That's what we always do here on Locked On Ravens. And another week in store. Some off-season talk again for this Ravens team as we are past the draft, past free agency, right? It's kind of... The lullish period, but we're getting closer and closer to the start of the preseason, which will give us some real football action, real Ravens football action, really, for the first time since mid-January when the Ravens had that pretty devastating, I'd say devastating, Buffalo Bills loss in the divisional round. So in this first segment here, though, we do have a lot to talk about because the big bombshell, you know, the bombshell everybody's been waiting for, dropped on Sunday in Julio Jones. His next destination has been announced And a bit of a spoiler, I'll say here, it was not the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm sure that most people already know where he is going, but we will talk about where he is going, what the team gave up to get him, and just why the Ravens didn't make the deal, didn't pull the trigger on this deal. So we'll talk about that in the first segment. In the second segment, I did say on Friday's episode that I would be talking a bit about James Urban and what he had to say to the Baltimore media back on Wednesday because we talked about Sammy Watkins and Tyus Bowser and T. Martin and also we talked about Drew Wilkins. So now we're going to talk about James Urban. He was the last coach or player to talk to the Baltimore media. He was actually the first, I believe, and he's the last one we're going to talk about here on the show. So we'll do that in the second segment. And then in the final segment, there's been an interesting point that's really been brought up over the past few weeks. And it's something I want to talk about. It's the fact that, you know, the Ravens edge rusher position right now, not a lot of proven options in terms of pure pass rusher ability, but it seems more and more likely that the team is going to take one direction over the other in terms of whether signing another veteran guy is the move for them or whether they just want to go with what they have on their roster. So I kind of want to talk about that in the final segment and get into why the Ravens will or will not, in my opinion, I believe in what I think about them signing a veteran pass rusher versus not signing one. So let's dive right into everything here. But before we do that, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and where there's a podcast where they're waiting Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Ravens and my personal account at KOSTRIKER34 for any Ravens news, analysis, updates, historical perspectives, free agency analysis, trade analysis, in game live tweets, and much, much more. And I know that on Apple Podcasts, our latest episode, our Friday, June 4th episode did not come out on there. Again, Apple Podcasts has been having some difficulty. So if one day you do wake up like most did on Friday and there was no Locked on Ravens episode, it is somewhere else. So be sure to check it out anywhere. Again, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, TuneIn, all those different podcast platforms. So let's jump right into this episode here today now. Starting off with Julio Jones, the former now, former Atlanta Falcons wide receiver who got traded to the Tennessee Titans, and the Tennessee Titans are now a team with Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry alongside their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. 
They're a competitor. I mean, they did end up losing Corey Davis and Johnny Smith in free agency. They replaced him with Julio Jones. And look, there's no doubt that Julio Jones makes whatever team who would have acquired him, in this case it is the Titans, any team better. And that includes the Ravens. He would have been their best receiver. And I'm not doubting that. I'm not trying to downplay the effect that Julio Jones would have had on this Ravens team because it would have been pretty massive. And I'm someone who, from the jump, from the start of this whole Julio Jones, I'll I'll call it sweepstakes, I was saying that, look, there is no doubt Julio Jones would be the best receiver on the Ravens roster. He would be such an upgrade. He would make the Ravens virtually unstoppable. But I was trying to say, look, there's a lot of stuff that's working against this deal for the Ravens. And so they might not get involved much like a lot of people want them to. So the end trade package was a second round pick in 2022 and a fourth round pick in 2023. And the Titans got Julio Jones and a sixth round pick in 2023. Is that a package I would have given up for Julio Jones? I would have. I mean, this team is close to a Super Bowl. Baltimore is close to a Super Bowl. And just the caliber of player that Julio Jones is, sure, absolutely. A second round pick and a fourth round pick is good value for the Falcons because they're getting it for a player who clearly wanted out of Atlanta and the Falcons apparently wanted to trade him as well just for some salary cap relief. So they get back value. But for the Ravens, I think that's good value for them because let's look at it this way. The 2022 second round pick is probably a early third round pick in in most cases because the Ravens are probably finishing in the top five teams in terms of playoffs. And so anywhere from 28, maybe even 27 to 32, that's where I'd expect the Ravens pick to be in 2022. And then the fourth round pick, the Ravens have so many fourth round picks in 2022. They might not need as many in 2023. I don't think that's a a huge deal. Plus they get a six back in 2023. So yes, this is a deal I would have done for the Ravens and the Titans obviously get better here. But again, I did mention there were a lot of other circumstances involving this deal. Obviously the contract I think was a very big one. Julio Jones is making over $15 million in 2021. And then In 2022 and 2023, it's $11 million, over $11 million. The Ravens have a lot of contract extensions coming up, potential ones, right? Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, even Marcus Peters if you're looking down the line and a couple others as well. So for the Ravens, yeah, it probably only is a two-year deal because there isn't out before the 2023 season in Julio Jones' contract, but the Ravens, they have to be smart with their money, especially heading into that 2023 season. So... There's a lot of different stuff for the Ravens to look at here when it comes to a deal for Julio Jones. How much money do we want to tie up in a position that we just invested so many assets in? Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, Tylen Wallace. Again, it's probably only a two-year deal because of that out, the potential out after the 2022 season heading into 2023. So there is that, but at the same time, the Ravens put so much into that position in the offseason that adding a talent like Jones would have probably made the Ravens get rid of probably two of their young receivers who they have expressed confidence in. Another thing maybe is the injury history and age. Jones is 32 years old and has had a bunch of nagging injuries throughout his entire career. Was pretty banged up last season. I think that was one of the most injury prone seasons. I'll call it injury prone seasons of Julio Jones' career. But it's not like he's missed a ton of games throughout his entire career. It's more he has the nagging toe injuries or the nagging foot injuries and he's able to play. But is he at 100%? Probably not, but he's able to suit up, so that's really what it is. So maybe the Ravens just say, hey, if we're putting $15 million into someone, maybe we should do it at a position where maybe there's a little more need, or we should do it for somebody who we 
think could stay on the field a little bit more. And I know a lot of people right now might be thinking, okay, well, Sammy Watkins is injury prone, but yeah, Sammy Watkins isn't making $15 million. He's making a third of that pretty much. So you have to look at that situation as well. Look, I'm not denying the fact that Julio Jones would have made this team a prime Super Bowl contender. Not that they aren't already. I'm not, you know, coming out here saying, oh my God, the Ravens didn't get Julio Jones. Their Super Bowl dreams are crushed. That's 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 not what I'm saying. Three receiver sets with this team right now look like Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, and Marquise Brown. That's a pretty good three receiver set, plus the run game. The Ravens are going to be just fine without Julio Jones. Look, with or without this offense, it's still going to be dominant either way. Obviously, Jones is not making his way to Baltimore now with the expected deal to the Tennessee Titans, but there is a lot to like about this Ravens offense. I mean, they've been doing it for the past couple years now. Dominant run game. Now the pass game, at least we're hoping in 2021, is going to get better. So with that improvement, the Ravens offense is going to be just fine without Julio Jones. And with Jones headed to Tennessee, it's another thing where the Ravens will probably have to wait until the playoffs. I mean, they will have to wait until the playoffs to face Jones as the Ravens aren't scheduled to play the Titans in the regular season. So if the Titans make a big push in the playoffs, maybe it will be another chapter in the Ravens-Titans rivalry featuring Julio Jones. But the big news of Sunday, Julio Jones getting traded to the Tennessee Titans for second and fourth round picks. We're going to head into our first break now. But when we return, we're going to be getting into what quarterbacks coach James Urban had to say to the Baltimore media on Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. And we will be back soon. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And we return here with our second segment of this Monday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker is still hanging out with you here. And we're now going to get into what James Urban, the quarterback's coach of the Baltimore Ravens, had to say to the Baltimore media on Wednesday. Again, we talked about T. Martin and Drew Wilkins, Sammy Watkins, Ty Spelzer, what they all had to say on our Friday episode. But we didn't get to James Urban, so we're getting to him here today. And he had a lot of interesting things to say, starting off with talking about quarterback Lamar Jackson. And when asked about Lamar Jackson and his progression and evolution and things of that nature, he was asked if there's something specifically he would like Lamar Jackson to take that next step in his game with. And quarterbacks coach James Urban said, quote, I would say that we're chasing everything, especially this time of year. I want growth everywhere. I want growth in terms of footwork. I want growth in terms of throwing mechanics. I want growth in terms of operating some of the at the line adjustments, those kind of things. I think that's the natural progression. A guy who plays at a very high level and then you just continue to grow his game. One thing that he and I have talked about are the great basketball players. Michael Jordan comes to mind. He had to learn jump shots. So you learn a jump shot and you just keep expanding your game that way. End quote. And so, yeah, this is what Lamar Jackson is, I think, expected to do in year four. The first couple years of his development is just trying to get him up to speed with the NFL game, figuring out where his strengths are, where his weaknesses are. A lot of that is known already. Now it's about expanding that game in terms of just being able to do a bunch of different things really, really well and just rounding out an already really great player because no player is perfect. No athlete is perfect. No human being is perfect. So 
every, everything that Lamar Jackson and obviously James Urban and the people helping Lamar Jackson can do are just find out some areas where you can look at the footwork, as James Urban says. You can look at the throwing mechanics and just get them down a little bit more, right? Get them to a place where they feel comfortable with it, where Lamar Jackson feels comfortable with it. And those are the types of areas where you can grow the game of an already great, you know, some will call elite quarterback, elite football player. And then from there, the game continues to expand because those things are done, right? You work on the footwork and it's good. You work on the throwing mechanics and it's good. So then you can focus on the other things. Take that step back and say, all right, you've done that. You're good with those. Now let's work on these. And this is James Urban said, this is the time to do it because This is before the regular season, right? You're not scouting opponents. You're not in film sessions right now for the most part. You're not really prepping for an opponent every week. You're just looking to get better, get chemistry with your teammates and figure out what you want to improve on, what you need to work on, what your goals are. And so it's a really exciting time for a lot of players right now just to get better. But for Lamar Jackson, as he is the the key to this team, he is going to have to improve because, you know, in order to take that next step to get this team to the next level, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson isn't already great, but he does have a few things he can work on in order to take that next step and take this team to the next level. And I'm confident in all the decision makers of putting guys around him, and they've done that, right? Coaches, players, putting the guys around him to be successful. Next one talking about wide receiver Sammy Watkins. James Urban had a lot of great things to say, saying, quote, listen, Sammy Watkins' reputation precedes him arriving here. He's a terrific player who played at a very high level in this league for a long time. Were it not for some unfortunate injuries, I think his numbers would be way up there. So anytime you can involve a player like that and introduce him to what we're trying to do with our passing game, I think it's a blessing. Right now we're in the working phase, getting to know Sammy, and Sammy is getting to know us and our offense. We'll see how it progresses from there, but we're working hard at it, end quote. And so, yeah, this is big because I I think a lot of people, when they look at Sammy Watkins and they see the signing, it's, oh my God, they missed out on Juju, or oh my God, they missed out on T.Y. Hilton. And look, I I get it. Sammy Watkins wasn't my first choice either. My first choice was actually Corey Davis, but that's beside the point. The Ravens brought in Sammy Watkins because they know he can provide an impact for this team. Now, they're not going to be relying on him, and I hope they're not, but there is a chance he plays 17 games, but are you banking on that? Maybe not. I mean, look, injuries happen everywhere, every day in the NFL. And Watkins himself said, look, no player is going to be 100% in the football season. It's just, it doesn't work that way. So you have the options now. That's the best part. You have the options now where you have multiple different receivers where if Sammy Watkins gets injured and can't play for a couple weeks or can't play for a week, you can replace him and still get production out of that position with the young guys that they have. If Sammy Watkins is able to play, he's able to make an impact from the inside or outside and provide a veteran presence. So you're getting the best of both worlds, assuming Watkins goes down. Now, I'm, I'm knocking on wood. He does not because I don't want that. I don't want any injuries to happen. But there are you have to prepare for that. And I think the Ravens have done that. And I'm not saying the Ravens went out and drafted two receivers because they're saying, oh my God, Sammy Watkins is going to miss five games this year. That's not what I'm saying. Again, Sammy Watkins could play a full 17 games, but with his injury history, it might happen where he gets injured again and off to miss a couple weeks, but his veteran presence, he has a reputation. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's appeared in the Super Bowl twice. He's able to go out there and perform at a very high level when he's on the football field, and I think that is the most important part. James Urban was also asked about the veteran backup quarterback situation, and that situation is there is not one because Robert Griffin III ended up 
departing from the team. So there is just Tyler Huntley and Trace McSorley. So when asked about how comfortable he was with the development of Tyler Huntley and Trace McSorley, Urban said, quote, No, I'm very comfortable with both Trace and Tyler. They both approach it the way you have to as a backup in this league. They approach it like they're starters. That's how they're working, and that's how they prepare every day. I'm very comfortable with that. The one thing that is left, and hopefully time will tell, but the one thing they just haven't had is great opportunity. With no preseason last year, we didn't get to see much. As things unfolded, Trace gets in and then gets injured, and then because of the COVID stuff, then all of a sudden, Tyler, who was on the practice squad most of the year, is playing in a divisional playoff game on the road. So that's why you have to prepare that way. That's the way we approach it. I'm excited to see where the rest of this offseason goes. I'm excited to see them during the preseason, and I will not be surprised if they are what I think they are. End quote. And that's that's big. Again, obviously, Lamar Jackson has passed the phase, I believe, of needing that veteran mentor quarterback. He is a veteran now. He's entering his fourth season. So now the Ravens have two options who fit their system. They have shown in limited action, as Urban said, that they have the ability to go out there and potentially win the Ravens some football games if Lamar Jackson were to get injured again. Knock on wood, Jackson does not. He has been pretty healthy throughout the course of his first three seasons. But then it comes back to the conversation we had last week about can the Ravens keep three quarterbacks on their roster? Right now, I, I don't think so. I mean, there's just a lot of depth this year, and it seems like there's not going to be a ton of room for a three-quarterback roster. I feel like they're going to keep Tyler Huntley over Trace McSorley. That's my prediction. And it's tough because if either one of these guys gets released during cut day or whatever, I don't think they're going to be able to make it to the practice squad. I think another team is going to scoop them up. And with the displays they're probably going to put on in the preseason, I think that's a pretty likely scenario. So... I'm glad that Urban is very comfortable with the two and, you know, you don't want to be uncomfortable with your backup quarterback. That's just not an option at the NFL level, especially with how frequent injuries are. But Tyler Huntley showed flashes. Chase McSorley showed flashes. Now it's time for them to put together a full training camp here, a full preseason and fight their way onto the roster. I'm not saying the Ravens aren't going to ever keep three quarterbacks on this roster during the 2021 season. And, and they could even keep it out of training camp as well. But right now, I just don't see it. I just don't see the roster space with the wide receiver battles and the potential offensive line battles and the cornerback battles, the safety battles, the edge battles. So, so many different positional battles. I just don't see three quarterbacks being an option for 2021. But Urban did say he is comfortable with the two of them, which is nice to hear. And then Urban also had a few things to say about last year in terms of if there were any areas where there were some opportunities they could have taken advantage of and a bit about the Buffalo game as well. But, you know, it seems like they're just looking ahead to next year. And I think that's the most important part because last year is last year, right? It happened. I think the team should use that as motivation. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they already are, to be honest. But now it's a new year, right? There are some new offensive pieces. There are some new offensive coaches, new defensive pieces, new defensive coaches. This team, I think, is ready. They are ready to finally take that step, and they've been on the door, right? They've been knocking for a while. Wild card in 2018, disappointing divisional round in 2019, and then you have the unfortunate divisional round loss in 2020. I mean, you could boost it up to, I mean, the 2019 playoffs, 2020 playoffs, 2021 playoffs, but entering the 2021 season leading into the 2022 playoffs here, this is a big year. This is a year that Greg Roman has to prove himself as being able to develop an offense, a pass offense for Lamar Jackson in this Ravens team to complement the run game. 
It's a big year for Lamar Jackson to be able to show that you can take that next step in year four. A big year for the defense. Can they produce pass rush without blitzing? That's a big question. A big year for the wide receivers. Can they hold on to some footballs and get open for Lamar Jackson? A big year for the offensive line. Can they protect Lamar Jackson and hold up in pass protection? So this is a big year all around. Look, last year happened. It was a good year, kind of an interesting start, pretty bad middle, and then a great end. Playoffs, good win against the Titans, bad loss against the Bills. But now they can look ahead, look forward, and understand that there are a lot more opportunities this year to go out there, get some wins, play good football, and make a statement. We're going to head into our final break now, but when we return, we're going to be taking a look at if the Ravens could sign a veteran pass rusher or if they're going to stay with the guys already on their roster. So stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, including coconut, coconut, almond, raspberry, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel? Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need into a traditional chain storefront. Wind off from pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tan lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How'd you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, arrive below prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. And we return here with our final segment of this Monday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still talking with you here. And we're not going to get into what I think is a very interesting discussion, one that has gone on for a pretty long time, but has lost some steam at points and has also picked up some steam at points. And I want to kind of talk about it here, which is, are the Ravens going to look at signing a veteran pass rusher or are they going to look at maybe just the guys they already have on their roster? And I think there are two very interesting sides to this story. Obviously, I have been talking about Justin Houston for quite a long time on Locked On Ravens and just, you know, talking about him in general. I have wanted Justin Houston on the Ravens for a very long time, ever since back when he was leaving the Chiefs and looking for a new team when he signed with the Colts on that two-year deal. I wanted him on the Ravens then. He ended up having phenomenal seasons with the Colts, and now he is available again. 97 and a half sacks in 10 seasons. That is a pure pass rusher, someone who I think the Ravens could really use on their roster. Now, that's not me saying that the Ravens don't have talent at the edge rusher position. I think they do. Tyus Bowser, Rafe Owe, you have Pernell McPhee, you have a bunch of guys looking to contribute. But one of those guys is Jalen Ferguson, who it seems like the team is really, really high on. And they are ready for him to take a leap. They have talked him up. We talked about what Drew Wilkins had to say about him on Friday all good things, and maybe Jalen Ferguson does take that Tyus Bowser trajectory, where Bowser didn't have the biggest production, biggest stats in his first couple years, but really started to come on as a player in year three, and I think that's something that Ferguson could even do also, but do you want to risk that 
if you're this team? Or do you want to maybe go out there and get a more proven option like a Justin Houston? Pernell McPhee, Tyus Bowser, and Jalen Ferguson have a combined 52 sacks in, I believe, 15 seasons. And as I just mentioned, Justin Houston has 97 and a half in 10 seasons. So there's a big difference there. Now, what I will say is that the Ravens, their edge rusher room is very talented in terms of dropping back into coverage and getting into rush lanes and setting the edge. They do have pass rush potential, right? Guys like Adafi Owe has that potential to burst onto the scene. Tyus Bowser with increased snaps could really make some impact there. Jalen Ferguson, if he puts it together, can make an impact there as well. But what happens if you get four or five weeks into the 2021 season and you can't get pressure without blitzing and you're kind of getting into those same problems again because the pass rusher group just isn't performing. Because there's the one case where, yeah, everything's going to go great and the guys are going to contribute and they're going to exceed expectations. There's the other side of things where they're not going to do that and they're going to struggle and teams are going to pick apart the Ravens because they just can't generate pressure. Now, pressure doesn't just come from the edge rushers, right? There is interior pressure as well. Clayus Campbell back, Derek Wolf, all those guys in there, Justin Metabike as well. And also blitzes, right? You don't have to just rush four all the time. Don Martindale is one of the best schemers of blitzing, and that's such an asset for this defense. But against teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, they have proven time and time again, specifically against Baltimore, that Baltimore cannot blitz and beat the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes just picks apart the Ravens' secondary And that's just what it is. In order to advance far, the Ravens have to have those edge rushers who can consistently put pressure on the quarterback. And again, I'm I'm not trying to down-talk these guys. I'm really, really, really not. But in my opinion, having a veteran option who has done it before, like Houston or even Melvin Ingram, would go a long way for this team. But at the same time, I do believe in what the Ravens have on the roster right now and the feeling I'm getting, and I feel like this is what it's going to end up being anyway, is the Ravens trust the guys on their roster. They are doing it with the wide receivers. They are, I think, also now doing it with the edge rushers. They did bring in Justin Houston for a visit, but honestly, it seems like the money is just going to be too much, and the Ravens do like to enter a season, any season, with cap space. Cap space for signing free agents in case of injuries. Cap space to be able to bring in guys via trade. Those are all things they like to do to boost their roster mid-season or early in the season, whatever. And if Justin Houston signs with the Ravens again, they have just under $10 million in cap space. It seems like Houston is going to be the most expensive free agent left on the market at this point. Maybe the money just isn't where the Ravens need it to be right now and they're interested, but Justin Houston isn't coming down on his price. That could be it as well. I could certainly see that being what's happening right now. And look, if I'm the Ravens, I'm paying Justin Houston, not whatever he wants, but If you can get some of that money and push it over to 2022, 2023 and say, hey, we're going to give you a two-year deal here, but we're going to lower that cap hit in the first year so we can still operate in the early season, mid-season, you know, whatever you want to call that time phrase before the trade deadline, that's what I'm doing with Justin Houston. And if you have to do it with Melvin Ingram, I'm doing that too. But the issue that creates, and I think this is another just issue with the whole thing in general, is if the Ravens do end up signing a veteran, Someone is going to have to get cut or get stashed on injured reserve. Now, I could see Dalen Hayes getting stashed on injured reserve this season, but it, ultimately, I think what would happen is it would come down to Ferguson or that veteran, and if the Ravens sign the veteran, unless something crazy happens, something super drastic happens, I don't think they're going to cut that veteran. So then you have to release Jalen Ferguson, and that I don't think the Ravens want to do. I think they really want to give him 
that opportunity to shine this year. So if you sign the veteran, that's another problem it creates. Look, I'm confident in the guys the Ravens have on the roster right now. I'm not saying I'm not, but I also think a veteran would help this team a lot, especially a team that's competing for a Super Bowl before Lamar Jackson goes on that big, big contract. So we'll see what ends up happening. But each day that goes by and the Ravens don't sign a veteran pass rusher, I'm thinking they're going to roll with the guys they have on their roster and see how it goes. That's all that I have for you today here on Locked on Ravens. But when we get back tomorrow, it's more Baltimore Ravens football talk from us. So stay tuned for that. And I will see you tomorrow.